Hey, bro. What up, man? Um, what should I say? Obviously, it's uh, Undergrad Survival Guide episode, probably three now, to be fair, because I'm going to push them back. <laughs> but uh, very special guest today, uh, Philip from Bristol. You're one guy that I can't lie. When I met you, well, second year for me, first year for you, I was like, because everything I knew about you is from Doobie. He's saying, oh, look, my son, my little brother. I'm like, all right, <laughs> this, this can go one of two ways. <laughs> it's nuts that every, like, every time I see you now, you seem to be doing like way more than I was doing at the time. And it's nuts looking back and seeing like, especially you and Brian, to be fair, you're well ahead of like applications and applying for stuff. Like, how did you get into that um, proactive mindset, I guess? Yeah, um, so first, thanks for having me on your podcast, bro. I really appreciate it. Um, hope everyone and hope you've all been doing all right in this lockdown and been trying to just keep yourself busy and active. Um, so just answering that question, how I got into the thing, I'd actually say honestly, funny enough, it started from year 12. So my mom always said to me, oh, you know, typical, typical Nigerian mom, you know, medicine, 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 medicine. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I got to, I don't know, I got to year, year 10, year 11. Um, and I started to think, actually, you know, I know that what I do in A-levels is going to, I think it was the advice of my brothers as well, being older than me and having just, you know, done university and started working. So it was like, okay, I know that from my brothers, what I do in A-levels is going to really kind of maybe have a certain influence on what degree I study, which will have an influence on potential influence on where I go. So I was like, okay, I actually need to start thinking about what I want to do. So I looked at medicine, I was like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to, not to like, honestly, you medics, I don't know how you're doing it. What I'm trying to say is I don't, I don't have your strength. I do not have your, yeah, I could not, yeah. Um, and so I kind of realized that I was interested in, in, um, yeah, finance, finance kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, I did my GCSEs, got my results and took maths, economics, physics and chemistry for, for AS. <clears throat> and then when I was, um, taking, so when, when I was in year 12 now, it's quite funny again. One thing I had in my mind was like, oh man, you know, <laughs> gonna have to pay 9k for uni, tuition for your loan. I'm not trying to be in debt like this. <laughs> I, need to get, I need to get a scholarship, right? I need to get a scholarship from a firm or something. So I started researching about that. And I saw different scholarships. I saw, you know, KPMG, EY, um, Fidelity International, Bank of England. But one thing I started to understand is as I, as I was doing my research, these firms, these companies do different things. They're in different sectors, right? So, you know, your, um, your EY, your KPMG, they're, they're accountancy firms slash consultancy firms, right? But then your Fidelity, Fidelity International is a, um, asset management firm. Bank of England is like, uh, you know, government, looking at governance and regulation. Um, and so as I started to explore how I would avoid <laughs> paying for my university fees, I started to learn a bit about, uh, the industry and just a bit about more what would interest me. And that's when I realized <clears throat> asset management would be for me. Um, when looking at what asset management and what um, banking was, really, I, I watched a couple of videos on company websites and on YouTube that really broke it down. Um, mm. And so I realized I was interested in this. So when I got into uni, I already had in mind that, okay, um, I want to join a society, investment society. I'm going to try and make sure I go to 
these networking events. Um, and I already knew about a few firms here and there, you know, like JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Um, again, usually my older brothers. And so I'd really say it was, it was quite, it was, um, it was development. It was quite like weird in a sense, because I didn't plan entirely. But as I started thinking about, you know, one thing, it led me to discovering something else and then learning more about that. Um, and yeah, so then I say from first year, my, um, approach and process and the way I applied to, to internships, et cetera, has, you know, really improved. Um, cause in first year, the way I did it wasn't as serious as the way I did it in second year and what I was doing outside of that. So I, I really think it's a development process as well. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. It's funny, like, because I'm on a, I'm on a four year course, so I couldn't apply in first year. But I was watching all you guys, well, not you in my first year, but <laughs> uh, all you econ lot just grinding out. I was like, how how hard can it be to, you know, say that I have a CV, my grades are okay, and just get a job? And then as soon as I started the following year, it's like, damn. <laughs> but like, I applied for what sixty firms and got about fifty five rejections. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I say one thing I've learned, and it's tough, yeah, it's tough. But one thing I've learned is resilience is key, and also, so I'm a Christian, and also, so like, just having faith, and um, I feel a lot of faith, putting a lot of faith in God. Um, but yeah, man, because bro, when I tell you, springs heart, jeez, bro, like to be honest, when I look back at my CV. I understand. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know why I was having mad colors on there. Joyce, Joyce. It's poor advice as well. You need to be, you need to make sure you have more than one person giving you advice to actually cross reference it. So like, um, so I had a black and white CV, which is basically the CV should, your CV should be black and white when you apply to these things, right? Mm. Someone told me, no, I'll make your CV colored, like, it would, like, and, you know, add a picture and do all this fancy. So I was like, alright, cool. I made it colored all of that. The way rejections came in, swift. Like just <laughs> rejection, rejection, <laughs> rejection, rejection, rejection. The video interviews I've got, I don't even know I got them. Replying with one colored CV and all of that, yeah. Um, and I was like, rah. And so I spoke to a few people. They're like, yeah, what's what's your CV doing? Like, that's what I'm saying. Just surrounding yourself with those societies, with the, with that network, you know, like DB, like the investment society. Just a few other people. If you're talking about these kind of things, you meet people that want to do the same thing. So people are like, why is your CV like this? And I switched it back up to how it was, black and white. I actually got like, you know, um, I was literally, I, yeah, I still held rejections, mad, don't know why, but then I got, um, I think the video, my video interviews were my best, but then I got a, uh, it was my last spring application, bro, like last one, like I'd, I'd even almost like forgotten about it, and they got back to me, and I had a phone interview with them, and then I just, and then they were like, yeah, calm, and it was RBC, um, and then yeah, from then on, Things were just, that's when I say it just took off. Because when I got that spring and I went to it two days and I just understood more about the, um, industry and I met people and then I just really got into this kind of just understanding the importance of networking. And so I started to go to, well, I went to more events anyways in first term, but I started to go to more and more events from companies specifically. And then not long after my RBC spring. Actually, maybe even before I went to a JP Morgan event, um, for, uh, people from, uh, minority ethnic backgrounds. And, um, yeah, I met a lot of people there that were trying to do the same thing. 
you build this kind of network with people. Um, start that's where you start getting ads into the group chats of people applying, which is really, really important as well. Um, and then <clears throat> met a few people at JP Morgan, and then yeah, like just from there, man. Actually, actually, I forgot something. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. The first person I met from JP Morgan, um, first people I met from JP Morgan was actually um was was because of Doobie. So Doobie held this ACS event and he had this I'm not sure if you remember it was like into business thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very early in the year, isn't it? Yeah, that aspect of ACS. And he invited JP Morgan and that was the first time I met JP Morgan in like October. Yeah, yeah. That nice. was yeah. I completely forgot about that. It's like after I hung up on Doobie like after the first episode of this, I was like there's so much that you did at ACS that I didn't even remember at the time. Like location, location was some madness. Uh, was it less talk business? All these <laughs> crazy little things you did. <laughs> yeah, bro. Nuts. Honestly. Uh, I, I want to go into like, the, all the stuff you're doing now as well, but I want to go back to, you know, you're talking about scholarships and that as well. Because mm-hmm, yeah. obviously before the call, we were talking about how certain companies like trap you in <laughs> into their uh, roles. Uh-huh. Like, for me, I was applying for, well, I was considering an apprenticeship because one of the engineering ones I found was like three years of work and three years of a degree, like in Warwick Engineering. And then for the following five years, you're stuck. I think it was Jaguar or something like Land Rover, one of those companies. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I never realized how, how bad that was in different industries. Like, have you, how have you found, like, when you're looking up for scholarships, how do you find the sort of initiatives in terms of how, I guess, flexible they were? So do you know, do you know what it is? Yeah. I was just, I was very, a lot of the scholarships, because they're paying for uni or they're somehow funding you, mm. they have this requirement where you have to stay, you got to stay on for like two, three years after, yeah, like you're kind of trapped. And I, I knew this and so I was like, okay, you know what? Like I actually, it was weird. Like my, my understanding of it, um, wasn't, as uh like good as it is as it is now so like back then i wasn't like wow this could be da, 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 da. i didn't envision it like that but i just knew that the person i am is i always want to i want to do stuff that i want to do so i don't want to i think everyone's different but i'm not the type of person that says okay you know what if i want to be a fund manager let me start in uh in like marketing and somehow move my way from marketing to fund management right mm. that's that's not me I, I believe and I think everyone should believe that they can get into what they want to get into straight away and so I was like okay like to me I'm interested in asset management I'm interested in this right so I'm only going to apply to Fidelity International's um, scholarship scheme and then actually I applied to Bank of England as well um, off the advice of my brother because he was just saying that um, with Bank of England, there's just a lot of extra opportunities and explain that to me. So I was like, okay, cool, right? And the reason why I didn't apply to, you know, so you have like KPMG and EY's one, was because I was like, I don't really want to do accounting. Like, I, just, I just don't really want to do it. So even if you can leave and whatever, which isn't actually true, but let's assume <laughs> it was, even if you can leave or whatever, I still don't want to be doing that throughout uni because I was just like, that's just dead. Like to me, I just can't do something I don't want to do. Right. But now upon realizing that raw, you would have been trapped. I'm so thankful. Like it's, 
a lot of it's, it's weird to explain it. a lot of the decisions I made when I was young or back then were a mixture of understanding and a mixture of just lucky like lucky the way it turned out yeah yeah not even lucky God I guess God watching over me the way it turned out because I, like, like I said I didn't envision that you're going to get trapped I just said I don't want to do accounting why am I going to apply to that mm. what if another day I said you know actually it's a scholarship at the end of the day let me apply to it I've got it and now I'm trapped it's, it's just the way things can just yeah Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't lie, if, if that was me in, in your situation, I would have seen like a big name like KPMG. Like, oh crap, you know, I get paid for, for studying and then I get a job afterwards. I'll do that. And then, you know, five years later, I was like, oh, flip sakes, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now I can't get out. Yeah, honestly, that's what I'm saying. And it's, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I just, I just was like, yeah, true, but I don't want to do it. And now the way that's turned out is like, <laughs> that was a flipping good decision. But it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't as informed as it was now, but it was a good decision though. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, thank God. Crazy man, yeah, thank God. <laughs> flipping out. Um, I want to go back a bit as well. You're talking about networking because a lot of my friends, I guess, from home more so than uni, but we seem to have this, this attitude in my part of West London where it's like networking is for dumb people. And mm. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the, the mentality that you can do it on your own, that you don't really need help, mm. which in some capacity is toxic, but I guess the more you learn from other people, it can only benefit you, right? How have you, I suppose more so this year than before, but how have you gone about networking? Like where do you find these sort of things? And then based on the connections you have, how have you managed to leverage like their knowledge and successes? Well, that's a that's a packed question. So that one, <laughs> yeah, it's a packed one, you know. Um, do you know what it is like? Again, man, I don't know. Like, okay, so let me think about first time I networked. So the first, so you know what it is from? Um, I think, I think I just put myself in the right positions. So from the first year, as I said, I joined societies. I joined as as you, you know you know me in it like I'm a social guy I like to talk I like to meet people I like to just get on with people so like yeah. that just helps in it so you know going to ACS speaking to people meeting better people going to uh you know Bristol Investment Society meeting those same people sometimes you know like Kemi and stuff he's not a Goldman like it you just you just then if you get on with people people then just like you start talking about things and I'd say when we were on the same boat, it's, it's, you learn from each other in the sense that it's not that someone has more experience to you, but someone might like understand this better than you or have tips of video interviews that you don't know. And they might just say it to you, your friend. And then you might like have a tip for their CVs or have a tip for CVs that they don't know. And then you just kind of work together like that. And then, um, as you like, as you just, start doing that more and more um, and start going to these events and start meeting these people. You meet people through them. And so I started in Bristol Investment Society. Then I had my spring week at RBC. Met a few people there. They were outside Bristol, which was good because I wasn't like, like a lot of my network was inside Bristol. Then meeting those people is now like, well, I've got a network outside of Bristol. And it's actually good because for like this shows how last relationships can be made. So one person I met, um, at my spring week at RBC, Peter, Peter Wong, he's now, um, you know, pretty good friend of mine. He's now, um, on the management team at FinFOC. Like, he's a he's part of the management team. Um, and so on, I met at JP Morgan internship, Daniel, 
uh, Daniel Tete, he's now uh, part of the Finfolk like board. So like, it, it it just I think when you when you meet people at these places, at these spring weeks, at these events that are similar, that have a similar mindset to you, um, and but they're also like the soft skill side that so like you just get on with. You tend to you tend to talk. You just tend to talk about things, and then in passing, um, you just like you just discuss things that may be relevant to you and that may really help you. I think a lot of the way I've networked, it's with people, with my peers, it's never really been ah oh, like extremely targeted. It's never really been yo. I'm specifically hearing you what because I just want to talk to you specifically about this. It's more like. I meet you at a networking event, we're just talking and then I learn that you're interested in uh asset management. I'm interested in asset management too and then boom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Developing that relationship as well as that is that um developing that friend relationship as well as that kind of professional relationship is is important. Um in terms of the way I network with employees in in these firms, um it's more I'd say going to events really helps. Um, also just reaching out to people on LinkedIn. I think people need to be much more quick in getting themselves, uh, a LinkedIn profile. You don't necessarily need to, you know, do crazy stuff on it, but just getting yourself a LinkedIn profile because LinkedIn is a place where you can meet so many people. So many people you meet these networking events will say, I don't have my business card on me. Add me on LinkedIn. And waking me saying, I don't have LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> miss an opportunity. Yeah. That's true. So. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just really important to know how to network with those people. Um, but yeah, man, like, in terms of how I went about it, it's just, yeah, it, you just, you just go to events and you meet people. That's, that's, that's really what I can say. Yeah. Yeah, just being in the right place at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, man. But that's, I think the most important thing is you don't know who can help you and who cannot. And so that mentality, like, of, you, you might even know where you, where you need help. So that mentality of, I don't need it or whatever, like I'm good enough or whatever. Yeah, you may be sick, like whoever you are, you may be cold, but you're not perfect. So it's probably something you don't know that someone else knows, right? And just having an open mindset, because you, 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 you don't know what that thing is, is, you're unable to specifically hit someone up on LinkedIn and be like, I need job with a specific thing. But I just have an open mindset to want to attend these events and to meet people is what you need, I think. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I, I think, because I had a similar, I guess, I was talking to you before about the SEO event I had recently. I guess shout out to SEO. Mm-hmm. But after that, when it came to the adding people on LinkedIn, I was very specific, like, okay, this guy wants to work in tech, I'll, apply, I'll add him. This guy wants to work at BAM, or add him. But then I didn't really think about, I guess, the broader spectrum of skills that I don't even know I don't have, I think, I feel that's a, that's a common thing I feel like between people like you kind of you find your people within a crowd and you kind of stay with them and then even within that crowd you pick you only you know talk to the guys the most that can offer you something as opposed to making genuine friends which you talked about as well yeah um, it's I don't know it's, it's a weird thing because I, I don't think I've ever thought about it in depth other than like I'll go to this event I'll talk to John from Google and then call it a day but it seems like your approach is more like you just go enjoy it and then things just work out. Yeah, man, I think it's, it's, it's making that, it's making that, uh, friendship first or just getting to know the other person. 
and then and then because honestly like, I can tell you, one thing I can definitely tell you is that if you if there's not that sincerity, people will eventually just start airing you, like to be to be real, or just start not really wanting to chat to you because it'll be like this guy only ever wants to hit me up, or only ever wants to chat to me about X Y Z, like like do you know what I'm saying, like mm. uh do, do you know what I'm saying, like imagine imagine um me and you for example, um I see you, I see you've done this mad internship, um so the first thing I say to you is oh yeah can you tell me about your internship. Oh, yeah, cool, this is that. And all I ever say to you is, yo, like, so, like, yeah, I applied to this, I applied to the company, did you can you help me, can you help me? And I'm never saying, like, I'm never, I just, I believe, I didn't even know anything about you as such. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Just actually just getting to know people, just getting to know their background, getting to know what they're doing, getting to know their story. And then from that, you learn things. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny, like, I was gonna, <laughs> I, I realized, I mean, I always thought everyone was kind of had a similar idea of, I guess, street smarts to put a word to it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started like podcast, YouTube, all these little things, suddenly people are like, oh, Jordan, how do I edit this video? I'm like, I haven't seen you in 10 years. <laughs> and you're what? sending me all these clips like, yo, can you edit a video for me? I know that's for you. <laughs> I feel like, cause you're, you're way, I don't even have to word it, but you always have a bigger network than I do. You you probably have some mad stories of people that just hit you up randomly for <laughs> for CVs for applications like what's what's that like? how do you even do with that? <laughs> Bro, let me tell you the story. I was actually saying this to my boy. Ha! I said this to my boy. Why they actually shout out to my boy? He knows he is. I said this to my boy <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, um, lives like very close to me. Brother, it's mad. One thing you need to be careful of. Yeah, in this in this. In this world, bro, not even in this game that we play, but in this world is, is people that are there just for your success. Like, so let me tell you something, yeah. So there were people there and there were people, uh, friends and whatever, when I was grinding, you know, making my thing, doing my thing, yeah. Like people always knew I was serious, but they say I had nothing to show for it. So I was, I had my friends, you know, UDB, you know, people at Bristol, et cetera. Shout out to everyone. Yeah. Certain people. Um, grinding then I got my spring I was like oh okay start so, so I remember I literally remember my LinkedIn profile went from like 100 connections that 300 or something I was like oh okay <laughs> I was like okay seen seen bro let me tell you something right now okay you know what? we'll get to we'll get to what I was just about to say so then <clears throat> I'm like cool okay but I just I just took it in I was like okay I, you know this is weird you know that's odd but saying on at the end of the day, I'm just gonna treat as a network as a network. So let me just add these people. Let me just add these people. Cool, yeah. Then uh, I say my network started to genuinely grow from a lot of events I was going to meeting people. But then let me tell you. Let me just fast forward and say. So then when I got my JP, right? <laughs> so, when I, <laughs> so when I got my JP offer, yeah, bro, bro. Bro, tell me why, yeah. Let me go to my LinkedIn right now. Tell me why. I have one thousand three hundred and seventeen people. <laughs> what? There's one. One day I need to just go through and be like, "Do I know you? Nah. Do 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 I clear it out because I deeped it. But again, this was me just soaking up the network and being like, "Cool, cool, cool." But I think there's a balance. I deeped it. I was like, "Bro." You lots have just, look at the way you lots have just had like random people, I don't know, you know? 
Random, random people. <laughs> random, like, just, just uh, like, like, for what, fam? Like, so, like, do you know what I'm trying to say? And then, and then since I didn't, you know, convert JP, uh, due to headcount reasons, like, having her pim. So, it's, it's weird, like, it's, 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 in terms of how I handle it, I'm still trying to figure that out, cause I'm still trying to have a balance of, you know, just being nice, being friendly, and just networking in general, but also just being bare straight and like, cutting, having a fine line where it's like, okay, you just, you just, you just begged it, you just joined, just cause of the success, and then you've actually taken an interest in what's going on with me as a person. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm still trying to understand where that line is, but, in terms of people, people have hit me up a lot. Um, and I'm not even going to lie. I'm actually like, I actually like, I'm very happy to help people. I'd rather someone adds me with a question than just like, just add me like with some, st- with some stupid comment, but you know, when the ones where oh, I'd be happy. To <laughs> yeah. Like, What's that? <laughs> like, what's that? <laughs> like, yo, you better, you better get out of that. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, someone asked me a question or something. Like, yeah, no, everyone has asked me a question on um on LinkedIn about like, you know, what I did in terms of applying JP and stuff. I've responded. I've helped them to the best of my uh, to the best of my ability. Like, there's someone right now asking me some stuff, and it's like, yeah, just helping them. One thing I'd note though is that like. I think, um, I know maybe it's because they're just trying to start a conversation, but there's certain questions that people ask me that are like, so like, what application stages? And I'm thinking you can search that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just help them anyways. But like, I, I, no, man, I always, I always, I always try to help as many people as I can just because, um, no, I think giving back is, I think just giving back is mad important because like I'd help my older brothers a little bit of help, like, and I swear to do, my own thing, but not everyone has older siblings and not everyone just like the older siblings isn't understands the industry or what they want to do like that. Um, so I don't know, like, for example, there was this guy during my internship. I was, um, you know about SMF, right? Social Mobility Foundation that helps people oh, yeah, 12 yeah. and 13. So obviously JP Morgan's partner with Social Mobility Foundation and so social mobility interns. So 12 and 13 students came into the office while I was in my internship and came to the desk and then like my manager was like yeah can you look after this look after this guy for like the week and I was like yeah sure and he was he was being given like just dead things to do like by my team like just like obviously they were very busy in it but he wasn't really so now I was like no no actually not come I told him come and I really I really just like showed him everything told him everything and just I remember him he hollered me I gave my message. I said, if you need anything, just shout me, like, all of this. I was bare, like, just trying to help as much as possible. And he hollered me and he was like, no, he was like, thank you so much. Like, you made the internship, like, so enjoyable. Like, you, I learned so much and this is that. And I think it's just a really going out of your way to help people. Cause when, when people ask me questions, I bear people ask me questions and there have been times where I just want to be like, oh, like, I'm just going to give you one dead response. But then I think, no, you know what? Like, it's not fair on them because it's not like they don't they don't know that 300 for example 300 people messaging me or something so it's not fair for me to just be blunt to them so i'm just going to actually help them to the best of my ability without without 
giving too much away, for example. Yeah, I'm yeah. Allowed to say certain things. <clears throat> yeah. That's bold though. A great attitude to have. Yeah, man. I think for me, like, well, I've, I haven't got JP to on my portfolio yet, but <laughs> when, when I get guys asking me questions, it's annoying because a, lo- a lot of people that ask me are always like, oh, let's meet up sometime. And I go, yeah, whenever you're free, then I get edged. <laughs> yeah. But I always think, I guess it's, I guess it's different because I said the JP thing as well, but the questions I get are always things you can find online. Mm-hmm. My mentality is that I want to help as many people as I can, but it's also, I try and be efficient with it. Like I want to maximize impact by answering the questions that I actually need to answer as opposed to other things. She's like, yeah. surely you must just have, you must just run out of time. <laughs> Cause a thousand links is, is nuts. I'm, I think I'm up to 300 now since I posted my internship, but yeah. Still. No, yeah. So yeah, a thousand links. No, I'm not all of them messaging me, but like, yeah, no, I have, there are times I haven't had the thing that like, so I replied to you, well, not immediately, but like, I will get back to you kind of thing. Mm. And the thing is, it's a thing where I remember back in the day when I used to try and network with employees, yeah. And I used to think, raw, like, I sent this guy email, got back to me a week later, he's boiling it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I understand it, bro. Like, I actually understand it so, especially when I was doing my interns, I actually understand it so much, like, life is just life, innit? You're doing your life, you're busy, especially when you're working. And so, like, they'll want to help you, their help, their desire to help you is genuine, but mm-hmm. they just, with what you're asking, they can't. They just can't get back to you straight away because probably five other people asking them, so they get back to you in like a week. Yeah. And I was yeah. kind of like me, like I didn't want to give one dead response, but get back to you straight away. So I'd rather take longer to get back to you, but get back to you a solid, like a solid thing, like a solid, a solid answer. Mm, I get that. It is hard. I think I've I've never had it so much with, with I guess professional stuff, but when it comes to personal things, like my boy messaged me the other day. Like, well, how are you doing? And I was like, I don't want to just say, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I've known this boy for like 20 years. So I wanted to give an actual response. I must have forgot for like two or three days and I get a double text. Like, why are you always airing me? It's like flipping hell. <laughs> 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 like, we're, we're actually in a recession, you know, I can't be <laughs> applying to everything. <laughs> it's mad. Yeah. That's why it's, that's why it's, it's that, that's why the line I was talking about is, um, difficult line because Obviously, as everyone's getting more busy, you have them, you, you do have them genuine friendships where you're genuine friends with someone, but you're just not talking as often because both of you are busy, yeah? But then it's hard to differentiate between that and someone who's just trying to keep you there. Do you understand? Mm. In case, in case you, in case you like blow, do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, example, yeah. Example you gave, like, example you gave, for example, um, you said, Let's link up sometime. And, and you said, yeah, sure. Let me know when you're free. You got Ed, right? That example there, it's hard to differentiate over like, let's say for example, that someone was, you thought that was a person with a good friend. In that situation, it might be hard to differentiate whether that person is genuinely busy and it's just like, but it actually, you're genuinely friends with them. Whether that person's like waiting to see another thing you put on your LinkedIn and it'd be like, Oh, hi, Jordan. Remember me from when I called you for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's grab that coffee I was talking about. And that's why that line, that line, it's a, it's a hard line, bro. It's a hard line to, to, to distinguish, but I think it's a, it's an important line to understand. Mm, definitely. I think final point on LinkedIn that I find funny is that a lot of people that I notice that add me 
have no intention of like asking for anything. Like some of them are even on the same level, if not more advanced than I am. But I noticed that a lot of people just kind of follow to see what you're doing, to see your successes. And I had a chat the other day with my friend about how um, people are competing against you, and you don't even know you're competing. If like, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, someone look at you and be like, "Oh, I want to be like as good as Philip," but like in your head, you don't even know who they are. But <laughs> behind closed doors, you're kind of setting this standard. That's something that like I don't really know how to discuss it in depth, but it's something that I'm looking out for a lot more now. Seeing how people are like a lot more prone, I, I suppose, more in lockdown than any any other time to scroll through Instagram, see like, "Oh, he's been here, here, here," and then just not say anything. It's a it's a strange phenomenon that I've noticed, bro. It, it... I never, I never deeped it, but again, it, it, that what you said is so true. And, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say this person's name, but like I had a friend, um, and she, uh, I think, I think it's, I think it's Pete because sometimes you use an inspiration, and sometimes it's like competition, and it's like, right, I had a friend that she, I'd say she was doing quite well, but like in terms of what she wanted to do, um. But there was this girl who was doing better and all the time she'd be stressed and upset because it was like, this girl's doing and it's like, and obviously that girl didn't know, like, that that girl didn't even know this person was thinking that. I was thinking, like, one, you know, first you just, like, be happy with what you've got and just try to focus on that. But secondly, that. It's not healthy the way you look at it. Maybe try and actually use her as an inspiration to speak to her. And maybe, obviously, if the person's a mean person and they just want to be mean and just shove it in your face, then you can't really use them as inspiration. But, yeah, so so what you're saying is so true, like, and it's very true because my friend was actually telling me, the same friend was telling me the other day, yesterday, that um, when I got... (laughs) 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 Funny. And I was like, what? Is that when I got JP... And he was like, yeah, 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 people, people, like, uh, he would be talking, speaking to people and being like, yeah, yeah, my friend got JP. And they'd be like, oh, who's your friend? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, Philip. And they'd be like, yeah, I know Philip. And he was like, do you? <laughs> and I was like, who's he? Like, who's claiming to know me? Well, it's probably because it's probably somewhere in these a thousand connections I have on LinkedIn. People know, you know what I'm saying? People quote, quote, know me. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm saying. they know me for my quote success. They know they see art. He's, he's got this two company, you know, open mics in Fork. He did an internship with JP, did a spring at RBC. Yeah, I know Philip. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> hey, do not. You don't know me. You don't know me. But it's 100% that people are competing with you. But at the same time, I think it's, it's not, you know how people say that like, love and hate are like the same. Like I think like, it, it really depends on who you are, whether you can see someone as competition, you can see someone's inspiration. It depends on who you are as a person. Because I've also, and people said it to me straight up, but I've also inspired quite a few people. Mm. And that makes me happy. That is something I want to hear. But people secretly competing with me is something I don't want to hear. So that, yeah, yeah. it just, it's really weird. It depends. Depends what it is. That's an interesting point, actually, because must have been a week ago. There was this guy that I clocked early this year that he was competing with me directly. And I always thought it was low-key resentment, like, because I've never spoke to him <laughs> since, must have been, like, year 11. I haven't spoken to him since year 11. But he's always, like, every time I do something, he mimics it, but tries to one-up on me. And I was like, this guy must hate me. Like, what did I do when I was, <laughs> like, 10 years old to 
Like, who, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> but it must have been, I uploaded the second uh, podcast episode and he DM'd me like, yo, I just want to say that I've been watching you for a while. Like, you really inspired me. I'm like, damn. Like, this whole time it was more, it was more of seeing my successes and trying to emulate that from a positive standpoint as opposed to trying to bring me down this. Yeah, man. Like, I, I could, I could have cried if I was a, if I was a 10 year old, but. <laughs> Ten-year-old, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's really weird because it's like that's what I'm saying. It's there's a real again there's a like a thin line between someone trying to compete with you and you inspire someone and you never really know unless they say it. And but it's so it's so mad how like our responses or our our, our um, feelings towards com- competition and inspiration are completely different, like you'd think what's wrong with you when someone's really secretly trying to compete with you it's like literally you said who hurt you like what's wrong with you but then when you inspire someone it's so like it's a, it's a motive it's like bro like I'm so happy you inspired you like you keep doing you keep grinding and I didn't even mean to inspire you I was just doing me but keep keep going do you know what I'm saying like giving that hope is uh, is emotional so just look at it it's just mad like it's really mad it's really really mad man yeah, it's crazy, man. I think after that chat I had with him last week, I'm like, I really want to just keep doing what I'm doing. Because there are times where it's like, well, I don't really care about money. So why am I applying for these big banks? I might as well just, you know, work for a startup for the rest of my life. I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, even if it doesn't affect me directly, there are so many other people that are looking at that and trying to emulate it. And that's that's a mad, a mad thought to have. Word. I think off the back of that, I was going to chat about um, Finfuck because you mentioned it a bit, but I think it's an interesting chat because I was having it the other day as well with my friend in school. Like, how have you found, I guess, maintaining those links from school to now, more so in the terms of people that you thought were going to do well that maybe aren't or people that weren't doing so well in school but maybe are now? Treasure, in school, right, so, um, I'd like my boys, my group of boys, that's all my group of boys. Mm. But, and then a few other people I was close to, I'm still close to them. But in school in general, like, people didn't really know where everyone, like, people weren't sure where each and every person was going to go. So no one really networks like that. Um, but now it's like, Okay, looking at, you know, seeing the mentality people have that then tells you, oh, like, this person's a serious candidate. And so I think, um, quite a few people from maybe year 13 knew that I had like a serious mentality. And mm-hmm. so they've come to me now or like in the past year to say that but back then it wasn't really I didn't really know that they thought I had a serious mentality so it was it was, it was kind of weird like I just I just thought they were just this person I was jumping and saying like there wasn't really a friendship or relationship there yeah 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 mm. but in saying that in terms of uh I say I'm, I'm quite happy that I was that I just people got that impression of me because then it makes it easier when you want to like support something someone's doing or want to learn from someone because people just are so much more willing so people now that I see like you know this girl I know that went to my school she's heavy on this coding like she's heavy on this coding I want to learn how to code 
And so just, I know that even though we didn't have a strong friendship, that like we were friends, but it was like, it wasn't a strong friendship. I know that if I hollow her to chat about coding, or if I hollow her because I want to learn, she'll be like, she'll be more than willing to, do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And she knows that she can hollow me about certain things and I'll be more than willing to, because I know she's serious. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's that, it's like, you, you, you help people that have the same mentality as you and you spend effort in doing that. Um, in terms of FinFot, Planet Focused, uh, the guy that, so one of the guys, shout out to Salmon, that actually started it with, and then so it's myself, Salmon, Rohan, Prem, um, and then New Edition, Daniel, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Salmon went to my primary school. Crazy. Yeah, and it was, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we were close, we were close in primary school still. Like his parents know me. Uh, I, I don't understand, like you and Doobie of these 20 year old links. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but it was, it was, it was Nuts. weird. Like it was, cause it was really weird. Like, we, like, he went to my primary school. We were close in primary school. We kept in touch in like year seven, year eight when he went to, I think he went straight, yeah, he went straight to St. Olaf's okay. and the Trinity for like two, three years and then I went to Langley Boys. But we kept in touch for the first two, three years of like secondary school and that. And then like we didn't really speak again until like maybe, yeah, year 12. Mm. And then it was very like intermittent, like year 12, year 13, we spoke like here and there, here and there, here and there, yeah. Um, and at first year uni, we spoke here and there. And then I just saw him, because I hadn't seen him for time. Like, when I say we spoke, I hadn't seen him since year eight. Like, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> speaking here and there, here and there, here and there. And then I saw him in first year. Oh, that's first year summer. And then it'd be just, be just like, we just became like close again, or like good friends again. It was just mad. Like that one there was just mad. And then that's when we, that's when we like start discussing FinFot. Yeah, that one there, that was just God. Like that one there was just mad fun. I didn't even know. That, that was nothing to do with me. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What was, how did you go from like seeing an old friend to building FinFot? So he, so he already like, he already thought about, so John was, he already had like the seed of an idea with Rohan, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then he started discussing it with me and I was like, okay, cool. But I think we should like take this here and do this and this and that. And then we, and then we all came together and then Prem as well, uh, with one of his boys, or well, Prem's my boy as well, but like, yeah, one, like it was closer to him at the time. And we all came together and properly like discussed how we we're going to take it further. Um, and then when we all probably discussed how we we're going to take it further, we all like agreed on a strategy and then we started like attacking, like we, we started, you know, carrying out that strategy. So we actually went to the Bright Network Festival. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, Bright, Bright Network Festival. Um, so it's the first year summer and we just literally like, we're like, we went to, we went to people in Bright Network Festival and we we're like, Almost like a market research kind of thing, or like, what would be useful? Um, yeah, this is mad. This is what I'm saying. Okay, uh, this, this is actually, 
yeah, the the way this world works, God is mad. <laughs> God is mad because so when we went to Brighton Festival, we did market research. We didn't even care, like we were just confident. So we just started talking to everyone about finance, focus, and saying like, "What do you think of this idea? What do you want from it? What do you like about it?" And we started telling everyone to follow our Instagram, handing out like showing our profile, handing out like you know A4 notes to explain what we're trying to do, etc., etc. Didn't have business cards at the time. Um, and yeah, and that's how, you know, initially it started, like, people started understanding what FinFOC was, um, and interestingly, I must have met someone there through Rohan, um, so, and he just gave us feedback on finance focus, what we could do better, what we're doing well, and so I was just like, cool, like, yeah, yeah, cool, like, when I say I met this person, like, I just met him, never spoke to him again. I didn't, I didn't know who this person was, like, I don't know, like, cool. What's so mad, bro, was when I got my JP Summer, mm. this guy also had JP Summer in wealth management, right, so, and he was, like, his name is, his name is Jamal, shout out Jamal, right, and then we were both, like, when we were discussing, we clocked, we met each other a whole year ago, and now he's become like one of my closest boys. Madness. And it's just, it's just mad, like, cause through my internship, bro, like the way me and him were supporting each other for our internship, cause we're in the same office, the way we were supporting <laughs> each other for the internship just before and after, like, but I was just mad, like, I didn't even, not in a rude way, but I didn't, I, I didn't care about who he was, like, I just, I just met this person, he gave us feedback, and yeah, thanks, and then oh, I forgot who existed. Then a year <laughs> later, it's just, yeah, it's mad how it works. But I'm really happy with uh, Finfolk in the sense that a lot of people have actually, <clears throat> um, come to us in the, you know, individually and, and Finfolk in general and have said like it's been, it, it's like been really helpful to them and it's been mad useful and, and I've actually, like it's mad, like I've been to interviews, um, and they've clicked because I have it on my CV, you know, the link and they've clicked on the link and they've been like, yeah, like I actually read like a couple of articles and it's actually like sick. I was like, raw, like, that's cold. An interviewer telling me that I was like, raw, that's actually quite, that's quite mad. Um, but yeah, it's just the way it's helped a lot of people has been, yeah, it's been mad. It's been, it's been tough though. It's been challenges because all of us are like, all of us are ambitious, all of us are striving. And so trying to balance the time to do it as well has just been, has just been tough. Like trying to balance the time to keep it consistent. That's the thing. You've been inconsistent at times. They've been hot and cold periods. But was just trying to have that consistency right now. Um, yeah, to just keep doing it and keep trying to just help people that don't have that background in finance and yeah, yeah. yeah politics. <laughs> That's nuts. I think actually before I ask a question, because I suppose my understanding of finance focus, I should say, is just, I guess a, a blog site, right? And people just talk about specifically finance related articles is that a fair summary or how would you describe it yeah i'd say so how it started off was like yeah like a blog site right and that's the main i say that's the main feature of it so like trying to make it like a website that uh gives people basically an understanding of of what's going on so what we're trying to the best to describe is what we're trying to have is like we're trying to have a website that can be used as an educational tool at the same time as being used as an inf- like information center. So like, whilst we're telling you about, I don't know, 
OPEC and the fact that they um, agreed to cut oil production, hmm. right? That's that's the news. But why is this now caused an increase in the price of oil? Because not everyone can make that link. So it's having that educational like tool whilst providing you that information in one. Does that make sense? Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's what, that's like the main aim of it. And then what we've done is that we've wanted to expand our reach. So like <clears throat> we've also tried to just actually, um, that's the main, main, uh, centerpiece of finance focus, but we've started branching out and actually trying to just help, uh, individuals in schools. Like I said, talking about year 12 and year 13 to help individuals in schools. Um, to just actually just understand more before you even go into to information about finance and politics and and um, just what's going on globally and what the impacts of this, we actually just want to actually give them indication and give them an insight into the different career options available to them. And so we've been doing that, going into certain schools, but also partnership with other um, you know institutions that. Like the, that's the aim. So like, do be strength from within. Um, partnered with Christopher Cooper recently in World Models, World Models Yorkshire. Um, which you know that's great. People listen to check, check this out. Strength from within and World Models Yorkshire. Um, but yeah, because that's that's another aspect of what we want to do. We don't want to help people without a background in finance. But we also want to help those that don't even know like. Or I want, I don't even know, like, <laughs> anything basically, and just, just, like, have different levels, um, where we just help them understand things progressively. Mm. That's crazy, man. I think for me, like, the main reason why I still read your stuff is because, like, Brian will always send me Financial Times articles, but a lot of them are, like, using this complex jargon. I'm like, I can't bother to understand what GDP means. <laughs> <laughs> like I think for me having FinFock be built by students is like such a crazy thing I think I, I saw someone what's her name I think she must have written the coronavirus one Priya I think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I was like I, I read a description it's like a flipping language student I was like this is mad <laughs> yeah man because yeah. I, I always thought like economics all these finance roles banking is so hard to get into for people outside of finance or i guess engineering as well but to see some of your writers that just do something completely abstract but still make sense of it that's what that's what blew me away that's what that's what we're trying to do bro like we're trying to so we're trying to kind of um provide information and, and make it educational but when we say like when we said oh who can who can write for us and whatever yeah it's not we're not saying you have to have an economics background because it's going to be dead. Like, so we, we, before the articles, uh, get posted, we check them, we read them, we give feedback, we, we like, we correct certain things, just which will help with someone's understanding. But it also shows that like, now, right, Supriya, she's, you know, unfortunately it is the way it is, but you know, she does languages, um, and she gets an interview and a player may think that, like she might not know as much so they may go a bit easy on her or, or, or whatever you know what I'm trying to say like mm. things like that yeah but she can actually say now look actually I've written this 
on coronavirus or you know different examples i've written this on how this affects the economy and i'm doing history but it doesn't matter this shows my understanding this shows my interest and you can see it right here and it's providing people the opportunity to showcase like their their real interest and their real understanding of things instead of unfortunately just being a um being considered as someone that doesn't know much mm-hmm. That's a good point, actually. I think the writers will gain a lot from having, like, natural physical thing to showcase. Like, I've actually talked about X, Y, Z economic issues and explained why it's important. Because, like, I, I have nothing to talk about <laughs> in my interviews <laughs> in terms of specific uh, economic tone. But yeah, that's crazy. I didn't bro, even think about that before. Bro, it's been mad. Like, you know, some of my interviews have actually just been like, like I've just, I've just, one interview I had recently. Yeah, it was just, I was just chatting to you about Finfo for like 20 minutes. And just, just, like, like, instead of asking me questions, yeah, I'm guessing he had a list of questions to ask me. He started with Finfo, then we ended up just talking, like, just talking. <laughs> yeah, like, man, enough what I'm saying, like, if you, that's, that's me, but like, even if you've written something, it literally can go like that. It can just show that, do you know what I'm saying? It can provide some sort of, um, different atmosphere to the interview instead of just okay i have these strict questions to ask you boom 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 do you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah that's nuts for me i think a lot of my early interviews i suppose in terms of like part-time jobs in year 13 and first year because i used to referee when i was growing up because yeah. i got bored of training twice a week for football and let me just be a ref i get paid 30 pound a game <laughs> it works out better for me Absolutely. and then that's all that ever came up from interviews. They're like, oh, so you referee? I'm like, yeah, so what team you support? And it was like a 20-minute rant I had with this guy. Um, what did I apply for? I think it was Next or Debenham, one of those close shops. Mm-hmm. We had a full-on debate for half an hour about Arsenal versus, versus Spurs. <laughs> 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 hey. I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no, man. You've got to drop loyalties when it comes to that. got to drop loyalties, bro. <laughs> but it's nuts how... Um, the sort of, I was always shook with interviews, like, because I didn't know anything about anything, but just by having a life, it, it's nuts. The sort of, the, the way you can take things in an interview is, is crazy when you have things to talk about. Word. 100%. I was going to say, because obviously, uh, FinFox very, well, finance focused, and I've always seen you as like a born to be banker in some capacity. <laughs> How do you go from like, Especially because your network's very finance focused as well, pardon the pun, but how do you go from there to starting open mic? It seems like a very left turn. Bro, I'm, bro, let me tell you something, yeah. I enjoy so many different things. And I've always, just this is one thing I've always maintained, yeah. And this is why, this is specifically why, again, no, you know, throwing mud on these people, but this is why I've never said, this is why I've said I've never do IBD. Mm. I've always maintained that, invest, which is investment banking. I've always maintained that. Wherever I go into, I need to have my life. That is the type of person I am. And it needs to be a work-life balance. It doesn't have to be amazing, but it needs to be some sort of work-life balance. Because finance, asset management is an interest of mine, right? Which just turns out could be my career of mine, right? But doesn't mean that I don't have something that I am maybe more interested in. And let me tell you something. I love, like, I love acting, bro. Like, 
Oh, like, like if I if you ask yeah. to act, or like if you if you I say I want to be an actor, I love acting, I love music, and so like open mic was a was a natural thing. Open mic was a natural thing. Finance focus was more about like how can we help people that because by this time it all had springs. So it was like how can we help people that are trying to get springs or et cetera, et cetera. Then it just branched out from there, right? But as open mic, it was literally just like it was just me, like it was as in like. Me listening to music every day, me having bad friends that are artists, me having bad people that are trying to break into the industry, they're trying to make it. We're just like, yo, like, and then, so how, how that happened was Nick, my boy Nicky, hollered, Nicky hollered me. I think I just, I just finished some exams. I actually remember it. He hollered me, man. I was on my couch playing, um, uh, I was on my couch playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> 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 and he, and he just called me, man, and he was like, Yo, bro, I have this idea. And I was like, yeah, shoot, gone. And he was like, this, this. And again, what I did was like, what I always do, like, I'll be real, like, I haven't, I've never had the person that plants the seed, but I'll say I'm the person that like, how can I explain it? Looks in a wider scope. So he said it and I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But let's like, let's, let's make this further, bro. Like, let's, let's like actually, go much more deep into this and think about what we could do kind of thing. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and then we, another one of my boys, um, boys of both of us, Cameron, um, yeah, we, 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 we spoke to Cameron about it as well, sharp guy, um, and yeah, like, we just, we, we discussed, open mic, discussed what, what we're trying to do with it and, and, and the, and the what I like about it as well is like after I said to Nick, we all made sure that we extensively like did research and like actually had a strategy. So like when you saw this open mic thing, we'd been working on it before you saw it. Way before you saw it. Mad. Yeah. So like it's it's yeah, but that one was just I'd say, so to summarize, I'd say that Finfot was an interest, Open Mic was a passion. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's Open Mic was just like, like, cause you've got to, I think no matter where you, what you go into, what you do as a career, you've got to keep elements of you as an individual. You can't let yourself become work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're interested in asset management, but me as an individual, I'm into music. There's certain people I met someone on an interview, there was that intercollect and watches, but like, so like, you know what I'm saying? Like he could, I don't know, start a watch collecting YouTube video. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it just, that's him. That's who he is. So yeah, that's his interest. That's his passion. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I never knew you were into acting like that. <laughs> bro, I, I love drama. You know, I was upset when I had to drop drama, bro. I was upset, fam. Cause you know, how, like, like you're seven, eight. You do that, you do all the, you do all the, um, all the subjects, all the subjects. Then you've got to start taking the, like, kind of more serious ones that are gonna. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to think about your bank account, innit? Yeah, yeah, word that you got to start thinking about a little bit more about your future. And I don't have to drop drama. I was annoyed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love, I love acting. I love drama, man. That's nuts. For me, it was, I mean, I was never, I was always into drama, but not as an actor. Like, I love, um, what's the word, like, cinematography. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was watching films like Get Out, for example, I was looking at it from a creative standpoint, like, damn, these shots are crazy interesting, how they got that certain angle of lighting and stuff. 
Like, I was so close to doing film studies and media for A-levels. I was like, do I want to earn 20k a year or 50? <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing, like, and exactly, that's what you got to say to yourself. But then you've chosen that you want to earn 50, but it doesn't mean that you're no longer interested in, in like, film and, and media and that creative aspect. Mm. It doesn't mean you can't still do something with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think my, I guess I call it like a passion project, was always to be, like, to build... Uh, a studio but like a you know kind of like a youth center but designed for like podcasting or like making youtube videos or making music and having all these facilities that you otherwise don't really have because mm-hmm. making music is i mean you can rap on a beat if you wanted to but you can't most people don't have the software or the the hardware to make a proper beat mm-hmm. i was always like it'll be sick to one day have this set up just you know in the middle of london for people to to mess with and i don't know i, I never really realized that <laughs> that, that's like, a very that's a very sick idea I think that's something to definitely look into bro definitely uh, yeah definitely look into definitely chase that if we ever get into a position where we can help you we'll definitely help man definitely man we'll be in touch in in four years yeah well, <laughs> like how because I guess you, you were talking a bit about how you you see projects in a larger picture I guess more of like a business standpoint mm-hmm. do you see Open might just be in, not like a label, but kind of like given putting artists in a position to to blow up, or is it more or less like starting people off and letting them go from there? So it's funny enough, we this has been mentioned, and we said it, it could be a label in the future, but we're not we're not really like that's not that's not really what we're, what we're focusing on right now. Um, but like. What, what, uh, yeah, it could be labeled in the future, but as of right now, no. Um, but what I'd say though is that I would feel like right now, if it's a thing where through helping an artist, they, they decide that, let's say, they're so grateful or they're really happy and they they, we show so much attention to them that they want to stay with us even after they've blown, we're not going to say no. Mm, so okay. that, yeah we're not looking to be a um i haven't forgot the word we're not looking to be a label but like if there are artists that think we can help them in that sense then we'll, we'll be more than happy to you know what i'm saying to like yeah continue and just kind of quote quote manage them um yeah man yeah that's cold i guess i've always seen you guys as well i haven't really read into it much to be fair but Based on what I know, you're like a matchmaking. You kind of match artists and producers in that, right? Yeah, that's the, the yeah, that's the main, that's the main, main thing. That is literally the main thing. Is um, is like, yeah, it's like formalized version of LinkedIn. So to give an example, um, <clears throat> say I have a club in my art. Yeah. But there's so many different type of people that can interact on this on this app. Say I have a club in my art, and you have a club in my wants to. You know, they have, they're holding a certain event like hip hop night or something. You know, shout out SWX son, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> obviously they'd love to hire Dave or whoever, but you know, Dave and Stormzy, they're not gonna, you know what I'm saying, like, wear out your price bracket kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, okay, who, what artist is good, up and coming, and fits into this event, into this themed, into, into this theme? So, you go onto a mic. 
you look at you look at different artists. Artists will have um, audio of their songs, so that they're on their profile, so like their songs on their profile. They'll have films, so like music videos or whatever they're performing on their profile. Then they also have a score, which acts as like a credit score system, whereby your score may increase if. So if you're an artist and you've done well in a previous performance or you've just been professional in a previous performance and you got like a good review, whatever, your score mm-hmm. might go up or and whatever. Um so this couple might be like they may look through a number of artists, now connect with them, interact with them, be that like, cool. Actually that like, yeah, we'd love you to to come and, and like do your thing, perform your songs at this event. They get paid for that, the artists get paid for that. So not only do they get paid for that, but it also provides them exposure to new fans, new people. Cause it's mad, like, in, in life, like, it's like, you don't know when you can meet someone important. So you don't even know who could be at that club, bro. Yeah, very true. And yeah, but not even who could be at that club, but just in general, like, if you're performing to a big audience, 300 people, that's 300 people, not, not, that's 300 more people that now, like, so that's what I'm saying, like, they're now, you know, uh, involved with your music that, Listen to you as an artist. They're going to tell their friends and just provide, just providing, um, providing exposure in scenarios such as that is, is the aim of what we're trying to do. But not just for artists. I just use an artist and clap them as an example, but for a lot of different forms of interactions. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I think I never deeped until like mid last year. How many levels there are to music? Like, I was someone that I pay so much respect to to the artists for making the song, but then when you think about it, it's a lot of like background engineers that do all the work. There's all these like uh, promoters that put the albums out and organize tours and stuff. Like the industry is mad when you think about it. Bro, There's so, so much more to it than just the singer or the rapper. Yeah, bro, so mad. And we start to learn that, like, <laughs> starting to learn like, obviously because we're trying to help artists, we also start to learn like how the industry works and that's the that's the other reason why we really care about this app because we realize there's so much nepotism in the music industry there's so mm-hmm. much who you know or who's your manager and it's, it's just it's just so for example like we may want to speak to certain artists to see if open mic can help them and if it can you know we connect we link up we do something yeah but we may not even be able to speak to them because they have a manager like it's yeah just, it's, okay. just, it's just bad. like it's just it's like and you just there's so many different things that behind the scenes going on in the industry so like yeah man it is it is quite tough but got to break through that's nuts you've opened up uh a conversation i've been waiting to have for time actually <laughs> about music like do you think nepotism is still a real thing in music because there are so many artists now that just blow up from, you know, be it SoundCloud or, you know, like Blueface or something that just gives out mixtapes or the guys all the way down to like 6 9 who just troll and start beef and blow up like that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think it's still, like, is there still a strong connection on, on who you know or is it kind of like how you use the internet? Because to me, it's, it's kind of just, it's more about your social media as opposed to anything else. I think, yeah, I think... So with other industries, I think nepotism is still very um, prevalent. With music, I think there's it's a, it's a mixture of what you just said. So it's um, it's about how you use your social media stuff. 
but it's also about like you know because how can I explain it? You could post something lit on social media, yeah, or you could just be just being so active on social media, and if and it could just get it could just not get seen completely, it could get completely missed because someone who's up and coming didn't interact with it. Like their their bare subtleties, like with things like that, with people that blow from social media, it's normally like someone interacted with it, or or, or just someone, not even an artist, but someone bait interacted with it, and then it blew, and then they got recognised. So, mm. for example, there's this artist called Frosty. Um, it's an artist called Frosty County Lines. He has songs County Lines one and two, and um. Uh, from what I know anyway, just from looking at his Insta, just following him as an artist, he was doing Calm, and then he had a song he was doing I, and then randomly, bro, like, randomly, so obviously he was active on socials, randomly, Kodak, Kodak came across a song on YouTube, it wasn't even mm-hmm. on Sound, I don't think it was on SoundCloud, it wasn't Apple Music, whatever, came across a song on YouTube, yeah, played it on his live, and then like like that is the most random thing ever (laughs) but that's what I'm saying you'll be shocked these social media things they're actually more random than you think but who 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 contributes to the randomness I'm sounding like a theoretical guy right now but like who contributes (laughs) to the randomness it's the people that interact with it and the people that interact with it if you want to blow it has to be something mad, like it has to be unquestionable talent. Yeah. Yeah. Or you need someone kind of bait to have interacted with it for them more people to see it, and then it just like takes off. Mm, that's true. But then I also that think was so mad, Kodak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so it was very random. Like I remember putting the stories that like, Kodak. I was just listening to my tune, and then Kodak put it as live, and it was. And he went alive with Kodak, and I was just like, "Right, that's the so that's so random." But I also think it's hot. Like, so blowing up and and, and starting is is different from maintaining a career. I think nepotism plays still plays a big, big when it comes to like being at mm-hmm. okay the the top or like high up for a while for a while. Like, it ain't no coincidence, Dave and, obviously Dave and Stormzy are cheese and that, but like, they support each other, and they're both at the top. Yeah. That's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, people may blow, yeah, someone may blow randomly, but if they ain't got, cause there's so much goes on behind the scenes, but if they ain't got someone, if they ain't got, if they don't know higher people and they ain't got people supporting them, dog, they could, not the actual talent, not the quality of what they're producing, but the fame, the the just the money, whatever, could fall off as quickly as it came. Yeah, that's true. And it's nuts. You see these like, what's the word for it? Is it the industry plants? You know, guys like, like Post Malone, for example, it could kind of come out out of nowhere, win every single Grammy, and then the machine just keeps churning, churning, churning. Right. I guess in that capacity, yeah, I can see how nepotism helps. I think the Grammys and all these awards are the biggest showcase for that because some some of the people that win these awards don't even exist (laughs) half these times. 
bro, hundred like 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 bro he someone said ah oh, do you know what, let me <laughs> <laughs> no but like I think it was I think it was Ariana Grande or something so it was like you see how uh being number one on the charts these days yeah mm. and having this and that it's 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 Sometimes it's down to quality, sometimes it's down to popularity, and it's lost its meaning a bit. Because I think it was like, one time, like, someone was, um, so Roddy Rich's album. Yeah. Top for Time, good album, yeah. Then Ariana Grande, I don't know, this was someone's opinion on Twitter. Ariana Grande made an album, it was nowhere to be seen. Then she just shouted out to all her fans to, like, push it. It, it, it came first. Oh, I remember this. This was um, Selena Gomez. Oh yeah, Selena Gomez. No, 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 Selena Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Like, like, I'm trying to say, like, it's, it's mad, though. It's quite mad. It's quite mad, man. Where where you are in terms of status and and, and reputation might not necessarily reflect your talent, and we're seeing that more and more and more. But I'm not, I'm not about to. <laughs> Yeah, that's a chat for off camera. (laughs) Yeah, word. Word. I saw on Twitter after the Grammys, I think, who was it? Not Frank Ocean. Tyler Crater. He must have won like best urban artist and he was going on about how um, urban is uh, the energy term for for the N word. (laughs) And how like, how so many faucets of how the industry works benefits the white community a lot more. And I feel like that's so dominant in like in the creative spaces because I was talking to Doobie about it as well about how like Stormzy's kind of seen as this go-to black artist, whereas there's not really many other black people in that space. It's like, I mean, I know you've only been around for like just under a year, right? In terms of actually working, um, like outreach, I guess, but how have you found, uh, working with people around with open mic and stuff or just in general, like industry knowledge? In terms of working, in, so like saying that, like in terms of, in terms of the opportunities for uh, ethnic minorities. Hmm. I think it's. Uh, do you know what? Like, it's an interesting question. I say, from the people that reached out to us, it seems like. There seems to be more of them seem to be ethnic minorities, mm. and I've never really explored why that is. To be honest, like what you said now is something I need to go and think about. I'm actually speechless for once. Like I don't really, <laughs> really no, that's an interesting phenomenon. But that's one thing. That's just an observation. I say for sure, people that have reached out to us have been more ethnic minorities. But I say I definitely do think there's a lack of opportunity for. Uh, for ethnic minorities as well. Um, and that can be attributed to so many things, but that's a whole nother conversation. Like, but in any sense, for sure. Um, like one of my friends, I think I posted him on Open My Child Him Out. The, um, his name is Blank Face. Open My Child Him Out. Um, his art, that's his artist name. Shout him out a week ago. Like, this guy talented like not even because he's my friend like these guys like this guy is talented and like it doesn't like it doesn't seem to be 
scan completely unnoticed, like completely, or like, like what he has to do for it to get slightly noticed is like three, four times more than you know corresponding person of a, of a different race. Yep. And it's it's mad. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. But that's what that's, that's why you gotta try. So no, man, you gotta try help. You know, create things, help, do things that help people. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to change that. I think this lockdown, like for creatives at least, is a massive opportunity to to make a name for yourself. Like I was telling my friend the other day, he's trying to put out music uh, this week, I think. I was saying, like, you know how people are doing these 30 day challenges on Instagram? Mm-hmm. I was like, if you put out, you know, a two minute song every day, just <laughs> following that 30 day challenge, that's 30 whole new songs that everyone's going to see. Right. And I, I've been tuning into all these lives, like, uh, it was a Neo and Sean Garrett <coughs> the other day that went live. I'm like, this shit, this is cold. <laughs> What's right. this sort of stuff? It, it keeps you entertained, but the little man aren't doing it. It's all these big guys. Do you know, I think, with that, I think maybe the little men are doing it, you're just not seeing it. Maybe. Mm. It's a possibility. But um yeah, I agree with you. I think I think just this, this this whole lockdown just provided a lot of opportunities for people in general. Um but yeah, especially creatives to like for example like you said, you know, really um reignited your passion for uh your podcast and your like kind of um uh like you're in terms of actually doing something and taking it somewhere, you know, due to this lockdown. I think this lockdown's yeah provided people with the space and the time to actually think about okay, what are my passions and and the time to create content or to to follow that. I've seen a lot of people saying they want they wanted to do YouTube for time, give advice. They finally started a YouTube channel or they finally done what they want to do. Um, and I just think being consistent with it. Also being your number one fan. Cause unfortunately, you see people that they don't do it cause they're like, no, I don't care, or they do it, but it's like, yeah, whatever. But what they're saying is so useful, or what they're doing is so good. And if more people saw it, it would be a mad thing, but they're just like, they're just already resigning this, in this, um, thought of, not really cares. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can get behind that. I've had that several times, like, no one really cares, but I think after three years of hustling, you realise that it's never going to happen overnight, innit? So yeah. it's always going to be a process. Word, mm, It's crazy. Um, on the topic of, like, the lockdown and stuff, what are you what are you doing to stay active at the moment, other than, I guess, work? Yes, I finished my dissertation last week. That's kind of like, taking up my life, but now I'm just working out, reading my Bible, trying to read books. It's a good balance, like doing a bit of revision, working out, you know, skipping, trying to skip every day, um, going for runs like once a week because I can't like, I hate running. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, press up, sit up, absolutely. Um, yeah, reading my Bible, just making sure, spending this time to get even closer to God. Um, yeah, reading some books. I've, I've, I used to read books like mad, and then I fell off. 
I fell off in the book. So just trying to read books again. And also spending time to actually just chill, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of like, you see the, you see different things. It's interesting. Having a lot of people on social media is interesting because you see different, you see different mentalities. You see people that are like, oh, if you don't do something that's locked down, you wasted your life or like something mad like that. <laughs> something so, <laughs> so crazy. It'll just make you feel just so peak. Um, yeah. And you see how people are just like they're completely chilling. And I think finding a good balance of the find a balance of the two is probably I think the best thing. You know, you need to rest, like you don't want to be hustling every day, right? Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to be just sitting down and doing nothing and not having done the things that in your mind you want to do, that you know you want to do, but you just like keep putting them off because now's the perfect time to do those things, but you also need to chill. So, for example, I want to learn how to code. Um, I'm going to start incorporating that into my weeks. Like, after I, you know, crack on my other courseworks, I'm going to start incorporating that. I've already bought the courses. So, like, I'm just going to start cracking on. And, um, yeah, it's that kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm chilling. I'll be lying if I said I was watching a bit of Netflix, watching, <laughs> playing, playing a bit of 2K, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear that. <clears throat> yeah. That was a very good point, though. I feel like I've been a... What's the word for it? Like, I've been a someone like that as well, just saying, like, you have to learn a new skill. But I think for me, when I say, like, I want to be productive in lockdown, like, productivity to me includes mental health. Like, I come from a place where, let's say, I don't know, you, you buy a shed from Ikea and you're trying to build it within an hour, but your hands are wet. Like, your wet hands are, let's say, like a metaphor for mental health. You could, you know, you can go be like, oh, I've got to put the shed together, put the shed together and spend, you know, three days building the shed. Whereas if you just took 10 minutes to take a break, wash your hands and come back to it fresh, you can do it in half the time. Like I very much see mental health and your physical state as uh, synonymous when it comes to productivity and an element of uh, getting work done. And it's not how, as you said, like you see people on social media who are on extreme and either one camp where it's like take time to be safe with your family and to relax and to chill and others who are like learn every single coding language or you're screwed (laughs) and it's a weird dynamic how you know you have these two camps that are like on on face value they're very different but when you think about it properly it's very synonymous i feel like yeah i i I honestly i agree with you um firstly starting with mental health you know that's probably podcast for another day but, um, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, like, I think it's so important. Like, you just, I think people, and I was saying this the other day, I think people were, you're too, like, too attached to your phones or to your things. And so, like, mm-hmm. and you're too, people are so quick to chat to someone it's completely meaningless for like it was a meaningless conversation that hasn't added anything to your life instead of focusing on themselves like it was it was it was something some of my flatmates said in a second year, actually and it, it's just stuck with me like it was like people were so scared to spend time as in like to spend time not even by themselves but in their own head like as in like if you tell someone to sit in your room for 10 minutes in the dark, let's say, and think about how you feel and how the beat's gone and, and process and everything. They will, they will just not, they will, they will find a way to not do it. 
<laughs> yeah. And but that is peak because things are just gonna fester, things are gonna build up, and you need to do that. And that's something I've definitely been doing. I've just been like taking like just a bit. Of, like if I'm just feeling so, oh yeah, I'm just taking a bit of space, just just take yeah, take a bit of space. I like, just put my phone in airplane mode, so no messages, no calls come through, and literally just chill, just like just sit with my own thoughts and and just understand what let's say is I'm feeling or what is I'm thinking about and process that and then be like cool now that thought about it and I've processed it I know what to I have know what to do about it or I know who to speak to about it or like John trying to say that I've like this this friend is is would have great advice around this or I don't really need to speak to him about this. I just need to enter it um start this plan of action. So for example you Wow, this, 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 okay. You know, I'm just gonna say this example, like, <laughs> for example, yeah. <laughs> it could be peak, but say someone's fat, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, but say, say you just have someone that's like, let's say you just have someone that's fat, and they're yeah. just, they're just like, they're just upset, and they don't know why they're upset, and they just, they, they don't think about it, and they just, they just remain upset for the rest of their life. And then one day they spend 10 minutes themselves and they're like, so why am I upset? Why am I insecure? Okay, it's because I'm fatter than I would like to be. Like, I'm not the way I would like to be. Okay. Do I need to talk to anyone about this? No. What do I do? What do, but what do I need to do about this? Here's a plan of action. Let me start slowly. Let me go for a walk every, you know, go for a mile, two, three, four, five mile walk, um, you know, every day. Then let me start doing like, you know, 1k runs and then, start changing the way I eat and then I can talk to people and ask people what they're doing but now you know what was festering and now the person's whole mood has changed mm. but I've never yeah, yeah. sat down and took that 20 minutes to think about what was what their feeling was because the problem is the feelings or just emotions there's always a thought attached to it no matter what there's a thought but you need to find out what that thought is hmm and then, yeah, you can, and then you can always, and then sometimes the problem, and the weird thing as well is sometimes when you find out what the think thought is, you actually realize that the emotion of the feeling isn't even like, what's the word? Like, isn't, um, the, like, not the correct, but like, you'll start to realize that maybe actually I shouldn't even be feeling like this. That makes sense. In the sense of like, say you're, so example, say you're really scared about, say um, you're really stressed and you find out you're stressed because you're scared about your future. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. You're scared like, about your future. Rational versus irrational. Yeah, but, but you're scared about your future, but then you think about your life. <laughs> so that sounded fresh. But you, you think about like the current <laughs> times, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's actually, why am I scared about my future? I've got to spring. I have a extensive network. I I have, you know, a few interviews coming up, and then you get rid of that feeling. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I very much had that. I was shook for a bit after this virus happened because I was like, you know, I worked so hard this year for my spring for like my academics, and now suddenly it's like safety net and springs can't well postponed. But I sat down and deep for a sec, like, hold on irrespective of whether I complete the spring or not, like I got onto it. It's a very competitive process. And most of the 
accomplishments I did in that process I've already done. You know, the actual spring is kind of like flexing, uh, actually getting that achievement. Right. And yeah, it's, it is. It's nuts. I tried, I was getting counselling at the end of last year, I think, and my counsellor recommended I use Headspace. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like an app. It's like a meditation app. Mm-hmm. So I put it on and the app's like, close your eyes, sit still for one minute. I'm like, all right, calm. Must be like 10 seconds in. I'm like, oh, my days. I can't do this. <laughs> like, I've got to reply to this person, that person. Like At that point, I realized that there's a very, very big difference between uh, doing nothing and like actually doing nothing. Because whenever I'm doing nothing, it's like I'm sitting here, but I'm thinking about replying to X or editing Y, you know, doing coursework, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, at least not in my uh, university or student life, I've ever had a minute where it's like, oh, I actually have nothing to do. I actually get to sit here for 10 minutes, uh, stare at a wall and not you know, not be worried about anything. 100%. I think a lot of the time when people say they do, they're doing nothing, they're not doing nothing, they're procrastinating. That's the, that's the correct word. They're procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're actually doing nothing... You, you know you'd be very conscious of er- not everything but you're very conscious of things going on with you like how you're feeling etc but a lot of the time like I know exactly what you're talking about when you say when you're doing nothing but it's a do nothing where you're you're kind of like you're still using your brain if that makes sense yeah, yeah. you're not relaxed I guess at the time yeah. it's crazy weird how have you like how have you coped I guess it's a big question as well, but have you been relaxed in the last two, three years? Because <laughs> uni, uni will bury you if you're not careful. Bro, hey, this one is, oh my gosh, fam. This question, I could go on for two hours about it. In, in, the, fir- <laughs> in the first year of uni, yes, I was relaxed. Second, half a second of uni, best periods of my entire life. And then, bro, it's been a mad, like the past year has been rough and hard and yes, not been hard. But yeah, just like just all the things I've just been saying. God taking your space, taking your time, all of that is um has really helped and friends and stuff. Mm. Yeah man. Yeah, it's good to hear a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still getting there, but yeah. I think one thing I learned uh, was that I can't remember who told me this, but they said to think about your mental health as like a, a sink, and everything you go through is like turned on the faucet. And you know, if you keep taking on more and more stuff, eventually your sink's gonna get full, and it'll start leaking out, and that's when you start losing control and you start um, to go crazy, I guess, for lack of a better term, like. Yeah following on from that example like my the way i've coped for the most part at least is kind of like letting go uh opening that that sink and then letting out all those feelings whether that be like writing it down or talking to people or i mean i talked about Obdubi as well i've never really had that connection with god but even just sitting in my room and thinking on a spiritual level like damn like, what is my purpose in some sort of capacity has definitely been like my breakthrough in terms of coping with all the crap i've been through would you say yours is more uh, like faith orientated in terms of how you deal with your issues or is it like um, more traditional like writing it down or just chance people? I say it's a mixture of faith and chance people. Um, 
think chatting to people is a thing where it's like it's a no, I don't want to use the word short term, but it's like, like you said, like empty the sink, right? Mm. So you, in fact, using your specific analogy, chat to people empties out the um, empties out the sink, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the tap's still running. Faith for me is trying to get the tap to stop running. Mm. Okay. Did you get it? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's basically to me how I think how I feel about those two things. Have you like? Because I think for as long as I've known you, you've always been a, a strong guy in faith. But have you like been on a similar journey throughout uni, or you just been like God's always been there for you, and you've been sorted? No, but it's, it's quite mad. It's, it's like I've always been um. So I've always like believed in God and stuff, but I've never like I don't I I'll say I've never really sought Him out um mm-hmm. until yeah just last year it was weird like, as as things started to get mad like that's when I started to seek Him and since then I say the journey I've been on and the development in my relationship with Him has come a long way and is hopefully still gonna go much further. Mm. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Yeah, I, I got to read into some scripture. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, since, out. yeah. Since calling Doobie, I've had like six friends come up to me like, oh, you know, I recently I uh, I read this and I've learned X. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think my calling's on the way. <laughs> well, yeah, when you do, shout me a few because I've, I've been reading quite a bit, so I have to give you some good scripture. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I'll, I'll definitely hold you. No problem, bro. I was going to say, actually, that the, the worst thing for me in this lockdown, by far, like, li- if I could rather, like, cut this out or die, I would, like, I'd have to die. <laughs> and it's all these challenges on Instagram. Yeah, these challenges yeah. at the moment, they're, they're ridiculous. I've been, I've been nominated, like, eight times for this five for five thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've never run a day in my life and you want me to break lockdown now like <laughs> yeah no, nah, you know I, I think challenges yeah these challenges are mad but I feel like it's just I think I, do you know what it is it is people right to me anyway I feel like it's people that not afraid because I don't want to like at people mm. but I think like these challenges happen. So we're seeing a lot of them, a few of them, fine, but we're seeing a lot of them because people don't want to spend that time disconnecting. So they still want to be connected somehow, some way. Do you know what I'm saying? They want to spend that time just like, let me just do me in this house, in my room, in like my bubble. Let me think about this. Let me. Do you know what I'm trying to say? They process this. No, they want to. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so. Yeah, they want to stay involved. Yeah. What's the word for the FOMO, fear of missing out? You always yeah. want to be part of that circle. Yeah, so that's what I think it is. And like, I've taken part in the. Uh, I took part in one, two. I took part in two. One was a fitness one, so I was like, yeah, like, cool, that's fitness. Like, at the end of the day, I want to do it. 
So it was mm. like press ups. I was like, I do this anyway. So like, okay. Oh yeah, I saw that. You and Whitney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tagged Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not happy. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one was like just the pictures of, of of me, like of me, like as a kid or something. But this five step one, like, um, like I don't even know, like that. Yeah, this five step one is just like what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this five step one is like, what's going on, bruv? Are we going to see you do it? Are you five running five k? Oh no, I'm not running five k. I can't know. <laughs> I'm not running five k for no one. <laughs> like my boy, like my boy again. The one I was with yesterday, he said let's run five k. After I had him off a time, I said yo. I said oh. I said listen. I said listen. I don't know about that. I said I don't know about that. Let me first get my fitness up, but I detail I'm not running. After just, bro, I ran a mile and I thought just a mile. And I thought like I was gonna die. I'm never, I'm never running. <laughs> you never, you never catch me running 5k, bro. A mile is what, 1.6? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> to me, 1.6 is mad, bro. You see what I'm saying? To the people, that's like, what are you doing? Like, you went for a quote, quote, <laughs> one and you ran a mile. I'm like, what? So what you got to do? Who voluntarily runs 5k? There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I could never. It's I actually could bad. never. 5k, fam. That's, no, man. No way. I do feel like, in terms of, cause I don't go to the gym or anything, but in terms of working out, running is probably the easiest thing to do. Cause all you need is a pair of shoes. But, that's like a three hour investment, man. 5k? Nah. <laughs> nah no, do you know why it's a long investment? Because that 5k run, best believe that's 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 finished you for the rest of the day. <laughs> Unless you're in supreme condition, you will feel that for the rest of the day. Like these, like you know, people prep for five k marathons. Like they they prepare. You just want to bust a quick five k. Nah, you're you're crazy. Like you're crazy. <laughs> I think I think the easiest thing to do is skipping. Get skipping right. Skipping is not peak, and it's still cardio. It's weird. It's still cardio. Like intense cardio, but it's actually not peak. That's true, but I've got low roofs in my house. I tried skipping once and broke a light. So, <laughs> wow, no, no, you need to step outside, bro. I might still. I might try and find my skipping rope. Yeah. Uh, do you gym frequently in uni? No, I'm the, I'm someone that's always worked out at home. Mm. I want. I think I'm gonna start doing after this. That's over. Yeah, I hear that. I think uh, to fade this out because I go and eat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you do you feel like working out and fitness and that is is important in terms of work life balance? Because I, I I can't be bothered. <laughs> I'll do like a push up once a week and then that's it for me. <laughs> in in terms of work life balance. Yeah, like because some people I was talking to a, a, a project manager the other day in uh, Bamo tech and he was saying every day for an hour he's got to go do his workout because otherwise his whole day's ruined he's not really in the same frame of mind without getting that you know the physical juices flowing and stuff like is that something that's important to you at all or do you just do it for fun for me yeah so for me so i'm gonna t- i'm gonna say what it's for me and i'll comment on that so for me it's more i just want to work out to keep fit if you can put yourself in a routine where you're consistently doing certain workouts 
when you go to work, right? Mm-hmm. And you just keep doing it instead of completely fall off or just not do it. And then next thing you know, you have a bit of a belly and then you start feeling a bit insecure. And then do you know what I'm trying to say, and you don't, you're not looking how you want to look. So I just say, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. But in terms of what, um, the guy you spoke to said, uh, I'm more, they're different type of, I honestly, so they're different type of people. He sounds like the person that doing a workout pumps him up and gives him a drive to do X, Y, Z. Whereas for me, that's not, well, a little bit, but for me, it's more like doing a workout. So I'm getting stressed. I need to let it out instead of, instead of, instead of it, like giving me a drive, giving me a kick. It's mm-hmm. more if I'm stressed by skipping hard or by doing like push up hard, like boom, like, like that's gone. Okay. So I guess for you, it's more of a mental thing or like the, Balancing it for mental benefit. Yeah. If if when we're talking that when we're looking at it from that perspective, like I do it anyways. If it wasn't for that, because I'm trying to stay fit. But yeah, like yeah, in yeah. Terms of that. Okay, interesting. I might buy some running shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. But yeah, no, I don't know. I actually advise skipping. I'm a strong advocate for skipping. Bun running fan. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have a look at my skipping rope when I get back to London. Yeah. Because this, this lockdown belly's peak, man. What do you say? This lockdown belly is not for me. <laughs> do you do, um, <laughs> what can you do about, uh, yeah, actually, I don't know. I don't know what you can do at home. That's not, yeah. No, I don't really. Have you got a quick metabolism? You'll be calm. Pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, you'll be calm, bro. Yeah. I'll try a keto and then call it a day. <laughs> what did you, you say? I'll get on keto and call it a day. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, that's basically it. It was great having you on, man. Yeah, bro. No, thank you for yeah, thank you for reaching out and, and having me on as well, man. I, I want to do this again when you're um when you're a label. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. 100% man yeah hey fam if you ever get to the label and get to BBC I'll be like yo yes a little shout out listen I swear that this is the type of person I mean you know, I don't care if I ever get on BBC bruv you see me I'll be like yeah shout out SFW shout out Finnfort shout out Jules Parker shout out I'll put everyone on bro I swear that alright man yeah if when one of us wins we all win right 100% that's the, that's, that is the mentality I was discussing that with one of my boys that thought that is the mentality come on yeah I'm getting tired <laughs> alright it's been good man yeah bro appreciate it bro appreciate it